0: To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org.
1: And again, you're listening to Community Matters. Chautauqua County Executive PJ Wendell joins us to discuss the county budget, opioid settlement monies, and more. We welcome Chautauqua County Executive PJ Wendell back to the WRFA studios today. So thanks for coming in.
2: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: So... Start right off. The Chautauqua County Legislature approved the 2023 budget last night with a tax decrease. Uh, In terms of the very base level of, you know, what happens with the tax levy and and tax rate, same as what you propose. But I'm looking for your reaction because there were some changes they made. So what is your uh, reaction to the budget that was passed last night?
2: Well, the budget was, you know, I'm very confident in the budget that we presented. Uh, You know, when I explained my budget presentation, I with all respect, there was very little wiggle room. If anything, you know, the opportunity was to cut, but you know, we, uh, without theatrics, uh, you know, I know other other county executives have brought things in. Uh, I think Vince did a jig one day and uh, George brought in a a bushel of pennies and they all met. And I was almost considering coming in with a skeleton and saying, this is our budget, (laughs) it's bare bones. Uh, And it really was, but it was also because of the consideration and the work that all of our departments are doing. So uh, very confident what I submitted the challenge was the MAT the MAT program for the jail uh, came in at the last I mean like the eleventh hour at a two point five million dollar impact potentially uh, once we you know combed through everything digested all of the uh, information it was much less than that um, so you know potentially we don't know exactly what that number is going to be uh, but my position and it's been echoed since we first started talking about the opioid settlement funding was i want to use this for, for, for prevention uh get out and get programs helping you know families helping individuals with addiction to you know uh, but again if prevention is where we make the our our biggest strides um, but if you look at the attorney general's recommendations for the funding it isn't till the 6th page of her recommendation that we even talk about prevention 50 times it's mentioned in different uh, bullet points uh, the use of opioid settlement funds for MAT, especially MAT in our facility. So, uh, again, we're using this cautiously uh, and the hopes that the the governor, you know, I know I've talked to our our state senator and assemblyman and they're working, you know, to get this passed and and, I shouldn't say get it passed, but to, you know, ask for funding from the state. It it says it in the law that the governor signed October 7th of 2021 that the state could fund this, and they should. Um, you know, as a, as a real quick little quip it, you know, when I refer to the state, I, I'm not referring to our, our assemblyman and our senator. They do a great job, and you know, I, I focus myself sometimes, sometimes focusing on you know, it's the governor and her, her agenda. Uh, you know, I understand medically assisted treatment to help our incarcerated individuals, but you know, there again, you know, we had to cut things out of the budget or take things out that. Um, you know, could have been very useful. So, again, you know, it, it was a struggle, but realistically, you know the, the the budget meeting used to go until the wee hours in the morning, and now I think the, the the important thing is we work together. We do our work prior to the budget presentation. We do our work prior to my submission, and then during those budget hearings and budget uh, meetings that the legislature has, we you know comb through everything and make any cuts that we can. So, all in all, very confident. You know, somebody said, "Would you potentially veto?" I'm like, I presented the budget. I'm not sure why I would veto my own budget, but no. Uh, you know, I'll, when I get back to the office today, I'll sign that, and we'll get that, uh, we'll get that moving forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Going back to the MAT, so for people, people outside of government, we don't always know what all the acronyms mean, and I, honestly, I forgot myself. So, can you explain what this program is, and you know, what what is the impact is on our county jail?
2: So, what it is it stands for is medically assisted treatment. So, if somebody comes in that as an opioid addiction there are different medications that can be used to wean them off the, the, the opioid. Uh, there's things, I believe one is Suboxone, the other one is Sublicade, and there's another, I'm not sure exactly all the names, and Methadone is the big one we hear about. You know, we go back to songs, I think Kid Rock talks about a Methadone Clinic you know, back you know, 10 years ago. Uh, but we have been doing MAT in our jail now for, for a while. But what this does is anybody who comes in and would qualify, which we felt the the sheriff looked at, we probably thought about 75 to 80% of our our incarcerated individuals would qualify for. That's a huge hit to the budget because what people don't realize is when you come into the jail, whatever medical treatments you have, whatever medications you have, that is funded solely by the taxpayer. There's no Medicaid, there's no insurance, there's nothing. Even if you have those things, once you come into the jail, It's all taken away, and the county and the taxpayers pay for everything. So it's a big problem. It it is a definite unfunded mandate. The challenge with MAT is it was passed into law in 2021. We did not receive any guidance of any sort until August of 2022. And then you had to come up with a plan and submit it by uh, September 2nd. The challenge for that, even all of that, was it was not going to be accepted or implemented in state prisons until july so let's say we wanted to start in may or april which we already began talks with our providers in the jail let's get started on this but people don't realize how dangerous dangerous it is to put you know somebody who's addicted to opioids on a treatment plan and then have them come off of it when they go into a state prison if they were with us for six or eight weeks maybe you know longer then we start them on the treatment plan, and prior to July, if you went to the state prison, there was no follow-up, you were cold turkey, which is more harmful, you know, physically and mentally for those individuals than uh, not giving them the treatment at all. So it was a big challenge for us going forward. That's what a lot of people don't realize. It's, you know, yes, it was the unfunded mandate, yes, but but there was so much complexity to this. It wasn't like the governor signed this into law and we drug our feet because, you know, we just didn't think it was a valuable tool, or we were opposed to the, the to the mandate. Not at all. It's just we didn't know, you know, what the the the, uh, the recommendations were. And and quite honestly, the office, the Commission on Corrections, did not approve our program to be implemented until October sixth, eleven thirty in the afternoon. They said you you're approved to start this at midnight. Less than a little over twelve hours later. So it's a big challenge, um, but, you know, that MAT and, you know, what I'm urging is the state to fund this. I mean, it, you know, they're they're talking now, I think, $4 billion. I was watching last night, um, you know, for the opioid settlement money, the state got actually me, 200 million, right? $200 million went to the state directly. That could be used to help these counties implement these. And it, it said in the article, what you know, how would this be divided by the 62 counties? Um, Avi Israel, who's spoke several times in Chautauqua County, uh, he has a program called save the michaels uh, his son was a, was addicted to opioids unfortunately claimed his own life so he wasn't considered a an opioid overdose but he was a tragic uh you know uh, death due to opioid addiction so having said that he's part of this this commission uh you know formed by the governor um and just most recently came up with you know their findings so even he said it was a challenge uh, opioid addiction is a huge problem not only here in the county but across new york state and, you know, we need more guidance from our governor. She needs to get the funding to our counties. And it's challenging. For example, when I first was a legislator, just with the cost in the, in the jail, we had an inmate, incarcerated individual, excuse me, that medical bills were sixty to $80,000 a month. That was born on the county taxpayers. It wasn't, you know, Medicaid or insurance. It was all on the taxpayers. So there's a big problem with that. And there's a push nationally um, what they call the Medicaid exemption. So people that are on Medicaid, they come off. So I'm a little bit off where we started, yeah. but it, it's just yeah. really a big, it, mm-hmm. it's a big spider's web right. of, of issues that are and going on. And I was going to
1: ask you about that. Were, when, because when you said when they come into the jail, they, if they were on Medicaid, they come off that, there's a, the, and I was trying to remember who told me about it. It was probably a, who talked about that when they come in, that they are allowed to stay on Medicaid.
2: Yeah, that's one of the things that we're pushing at the national level through the National Association of Counties. I was on a webinar um, about two or three weeks ago and it's a big push so again uh, we'll be reaching out to uh, mm-hmm. our congressman you know as, as soon as that's uh, decided on the uh, a little less than two weeks and make sure that they start to push that uh, push that legislation through
1: right and I, I remember hearing that you know the county's getting about between like one and two million dollars in this opioid so the, the money hasn't come here right
2: we do have it Oh, yes. well, you have it yeah we so but you know, do, you, do
1: you have to submit plans each time you want to spend it or
2: not no, not necessarily. There's just recommendations where it could be spent. There's there's restricted and unrestricted. Uh, realistically, it could even be used as you know tax relief if we wanted to put it into the budget. My focus is years ago we had a tobacco settlement that came to the county, and the concerns was how that was spent quickly, uh, and very little was done for tobacco cessation or tobacco education. I don't want to make that mistake with our opioid settlement funds. I want to make sure we get out into the community and make this money work to our advantage so um, you know obviously prevention and education is key but right now we look at the numbers we have about four hundred seventy-one thousand um, dollars that that's been paid out in a long-term settlement that we're part of a class action suit we've had two one-time payments of about the total to 1.2 million dollars so in total we have about 1.6 million dollars in that opioid settlement funding and that goes all the way out through 2038. Uh, so there will be money. There will be money coming in annually. And and again, for my my belief, and, and again, several members of the legislature, we want to see that into used into prevention and education, as compared to you know throwing money at treatment is work is great and it does work. But at the same time, we want to make sure that you know people don't get on the heroin and the and uh, opioids prior to that.
1: Right. And I'm thinking with um, with the jail situation, I mean, that the cost of that, that's an annual cost. And what you're getting from in those payments from the state is not going to cover that
2: right now. No, we we are receiving money. At the mental uh, CCMH. Chautauqua County Mental Hygiene is getting grant money for uh, they're supposed to be used specifically for medication, the payment of Medicaid, uh, the cost of the medication. Um, and there's other grants uh, opportunities we've been applying for. So, uh, again, we're, we're looking at every – we're turning over every stone to try to find the money we can through grants and not to bear it on our taxpayers. But, uh, you know, right now that's uh, – we haven't done that. You know, it's, it's going to be used. – we're using that, that opioid settlement funding to get us through because we just don't know what the numbers are going to be like.
1: Right. So, moving along to a a, a new topic, uh, we're starting to hear about cases. I mean, it's it's fall. So, we're starting to hear the cases of the flu and now something called RSV, which is a different upper respiratory Mm -hmm. illness that they're on the rise statewide. And so, how are we seeing things going in Chautauqua County?
2: Well, you know, we're hearing a lot of different stories. We've heard of uh, increased COVID cases in different, um, you know, facilities. Uh, There was a report to me that there was a, you know, we've had high increases in, you know, nursing homes. exactly uh, you know where they are. they don't report that to us. Uh, that does get reported to the state. We haven't heard anything back from them. Um, just what we're hearing from people secondhand or firsthand depending on how you look at it. Uh, but there are increased cases in you know RSV, which is uh, you know, rhino sinus virus and it's uh, usually that more uh, direct, not directed, but more more apt uh, to be you know, con- contracted by children not to say that it's not for adults so we are seeing a rise in respiratory issues it is the fall you know allergy season is still here it's not always in the spring um the fact that people are back indoors you're kicking up your furnace you're pushing that dust through the air and and whatever type of you know uh, you know germs that are there so i urge everybody you know to to take caution and if, if we learned anything from COVID, is when you're sick you need to stay home don't come to work. Don't try to tough it out. You know, if you have a work from home policy, engage that. Use that opportunity to take care of yourself. I tell that to my, my staff all the time or you know, anybody who's you know, throughout the county or department heads. I need to take time. They're, they're you know, somewhat apologetic. I'm like, you need to take care of you. If you're not healthy, you're, you know, I don't say you're no good to us, but I mean, you know, you're, you're distracted. You're not able to perform. So we need people to focus on their health. And if nothing more, COVID should teach us that. That you know the importance of our own health is critical. Myself, I take, I have put vitamin C powder in, you know, my water when I drink it every day. So, again, you know, urge everybody, you know, stay on top of things. If you're ill, if you're starting to run a fever, especially, you know, seek maybe seek medical attention. You know, treat it with, you know, aspirin, and but really get to. If it's something that persists, you need to get and see a doctor. and Let them, you know, get a good diagnosis and get you on a treatment plan.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, in the last year, I think the county uh, um, put into place a remote work policy. How are you seeing, is that being used, you see more frequently? How's that being going?
2: We're not 100% sure. I mean, it's being used. I mean, I'm sure some people want to use it more than they're using it. Um, you know, uh, my department heads, uh, we don't have that policy. If you're, if you're out ill, you know, yes, working from home. But, you know, part of it is I don't want it to become a regular occurrence. Uh, I feel our department heads need to be there in the office to address the, the overall problems of their departments, uh, their, you know, executive level position. Uh, but you know, all, all in all we're seeing, uh, we're still, you know, sifting through the numbers and finding out, you know, where are we with that as far as our productivity? Have we seen an increase in productivity? Last thing we want to see is the decrease in productivity, but we're just monitoring things and, and what, you know, I can stress specifically to our county employees, is that this is a privilege. This isn't a right. Uh, you know, because it's been implemented in you know, the corporate world or the private sector in different occasions, that doesn't necessarily mean it converts here you know, to Chautauqua County. And, and we have to remember that men and women who work for us do a phenomenal job. Um, but, you know, if people see them working from home, there's taxpayers out there that might have a different opinion. So we, we have to be cognizant of that. But our men and women of our workforce are phenomenal and they do a great job, but we're just looking at you know that that policy that was implemented and and how effective it is, and um, you know we'll talk about that as we begin our contract negotiations next year, um, as to where that fits into the scheme of things.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of employees, I recently announced that you've appointed a new county attorney to replace longtime county attorney, although that's not been his only title, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Abdullah.
2: Right. Well, Steve, you know, has been with us for thirty-three years, off and on. And uh, as Chairman Shagnon said, it's the institutional knowledge he has. You know, we talked about even back to redistricting um, policies that we set back in—I forget when the vote was, maybe October. Actually, August rather, or earlier. Um, you know, he brought with us, you know, things that had been implemented. You know, go, going back to the, uh, you know, late 80s and into the early 2000s of where, you know, we we where people looked and where thoughts were and where policies were going at that point. So just a a ton of information uh, that Steve has, uh, you know, just inside of his his head. Patrick is a phenomenal attorney, as I've seen so far. He's done a great job working with us. He's been hand-in-hand on a couple of issues we have that I've had at the county most recently. Uh, So Steve will be on. Uh, We're not sure if it'll be a, you know, contractual basis just for guidance Um, you know, it's that transition. But it's already begun. You know, he and Patrick have been working together closely and they will start to transition that. And, you know, we're not kicking Steve out we're not telling him to get out of the office but you know whenever he's ready to step away he will but we will also keep him you know as a resource and counsel uh into the future if there's anything that and he's he's been very open to you know that suggestion and if there's anything we need just he's a phone call away so I'm I'm very thankful for that but just thankful for the many years Uh, he's been a trusted confidant of mine since I've taken office and even prior to that as a legislator and then chairman uh, not every county operates the same way, and usually the county attorney and the attorney for the legislature are two different people. Uh, but in this case, uh, our legislature feels very confident, not only in Steve, but now in Patrick, as continuing uh, to be the county attorney and the attorney for the legislature. So uh, again, thank you for, to Steve and his, his many, many, many years of service, but also looking forward to Patrick. Uh, and what he brings and and I've heard information from attorneys across the state across the southern tier as to what a great asset what a good choice it was for Patrick so I'm excited um, and look to great things in the future.
1: Right yeah and we're talking about Pat Slagle who some people here in Jamestown know him more as uh, serving on the Jamestown school board so he does that and I see him on a regular basis there but he he started out in Department of Health and Human Services in the Mm -hmm. county initially?
2: Correct he was a uh, over in social services attorney. Uh, and that's where he came. And a little over a year ago, he moved over to the county attorney's office, but he had been with us for several years as, a county, as, a, as an attorney in that division of, of DHHS. He's uh, done a phenomenal job and made the transition, uh, came over when then first assistant, Allison Caro, left to take a position with Allegheny County. Uh, Patrick came over and just really out of the gates has done a phenomenal job. So excited, uh, you know. I know when I went to talk to him, it was probably a sigh of relief. Uh, you know, you put your application in and uh, you know to sit down and have a talk with him and, and just you know let him know that he that I would be appointing him. Um, and we wanted to, you know, I've been very focused and transparent in how we're hiring, especially our upper upper management level. So we did put it out, you know. Uh, we posted the position waited to see what you know who came back and at the end of the day Patrick was our best choice and very confident in his ability so I'm excited
1: Mm-hmm. and uh, I recall in uh, I think I forget which months uh, recent months where we're seeing um, Patrick uh, speaking to the legislature committee meetings uh, uh, in particular I'm thinking about maybe in August uh, where he was presenting on uh, the one-year contract for CSEA. so I imagine that experience will help carry over when they when you t- they start negotiations next year
2: oh certainly yeah we're, we're ready to roll up our sleeves and get started that's uh You know, that's a big big commitment that we have. But, you know, Patrick does have that experience coming in. So we're excited. And what, as you said before, you know, being on the school board, it brings a perspective when we look at contracts and negotiation as to what's going on out in, you know, other parts of the public sector, you know, of not so much government, but public sector as far as schools goes and what contracts are like. And then, you know, there's a, a, a... a group of uh, you know New York State attorneys and county attorneys across the state that you know meet together at conferences and it's just a, a great way. And Patrick's been involved in that to network and you know we're although we may be hundreds of miles apart, many of our counties are going through the same thing we are. So it's good to have those allies. Um, you know myself, whether it's Orange County, Dutchess County, Montgomery County, Ulster, Albany, you know people are a phone call away and we can pick up the phone and talk to other executives or other department heads within those departments that I've met. And really, uh, you know, we have extended our outreach and networking with the county, with other counties as well, to get you know, input. Um, so we're excited. I'm excited about you know, Patrick's opportunity and really looking forward to a lot of great things here in the county.
1: Great. So is there anything else that you would like to add or update us on?
2: No, I'm just you know, really excited. I think uh, you know, we're in for uh, a good year, you know, especially in 2023. We, the budget's very sound. Uh, a lot of great opportunities economically. We have some projects that have been, you know, uh, kind of wrapping up. We are looking at, you know, the White Inn has been sold. We have a new purchase. Uh, someone's purchased that. Um, obviously, there's a couple other projects, and I don't, I don't like to jinx them. I, I feel if you talk about something in the media and it's not 100, you know, vetted, then, you know, it might run into a problem. But we did, uh, we do have the sale uh, of the old Heidenheim Accurite building with Electrovia. That's been a long time in the making. Uh, and there's several other projects that we're ready to announce as soon as we're able to do that. But a lot of excitement. And I just, you know, I was out touring a couple of facilities yesterday. I was at Jamestown Advanced Products. They're doing phenomenal work up on uh, Turner Road or Girth Road, actually up on Airport Hill. Uh, I was at SKF yesterday and looking at the uh, I- the interesting things that they're doing. They're the largest um, output uh, factory uh, in all of North America for SKF. So people don't realize what goes on right there in Falconer and the the automation, the technology, and we are you know a hub of aerospace you know design and production here in Chautauqua County. So hats off to everybody over there. I walked through yesterday and really surprised at the number of people I know that work there. Uh, a lot of friends of mine are there, but it's just a great a uh, great facility and a great concept. Uh, and again, other other businesses like I said today, we're going to be going over to Colecraft. I uh, was at a Jamestown Advanced Products. I mean. Jamestown Advanced Products has said, you know, they need welders. if anybody's a welder, you know, reach out to Jamestown Advanced Products and several other companies, I'm sure, in Chautauqua County. Uh, But opportunities are there for good paying jobs and, you know, really unique as to what we're hearing as far as the culture that they're creating for their employees. So uh, if anyone's looking for employment, you know, it's there in Chautauqua County. And we urge everybody, uh, if you're looking, you know, please seek out our, uh, you know, go to the Department of Labor and, you know, look at. Uh, different websites, because I, every manufacturer I talked to said they could easily ramp up production if they had more employees. So I urge everyone, if you're looking, you know, reach out to one of our businesses.
1: Well, Those are good words for near the nearing the end of National Manufacturing Month. That's so. true.
2: That's yeah. true. We, we have a lot of manufacturing here. Whether, you know, we are not just, and the interesting thing is back in the turn of the century, the last century, not not 2000. Um, we're 22 years into a new century already. But, um, you know, back in the turn, you know, 19... 1900s. You know, we were focused, and you remember, we talked over our furniture manufacturing area. We do so much now. You know, we do have our furniture manufacturing is somewhat you know uh, gone by the wayside, but our machining. You know, different industries we have here, whether it's tool production, whether it's Cummins engine, whether it's you know farming implements with uh, James Advanced product. You name it. You know, we do a lot of manufacturing here in Chautauqua County, not only here in the south, but in the north as well. So, you know, hats off to all those who are involved in manufacturing. Um, You know, please keep up the good work. And you are the heart and soul of, of our economy here in Chautauqua County. All
1: right. Well, County Executive Wendell, thank you so much for being with us today.
2: Thanks for having me.